If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with us to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5. I don't like this much scripture, and I've looked at it over and over, trying to see where I need to cut it off at. But um, We'll just take our time and uh, wade right through it, and then see where we go from there, all right? Matthew 5, verse 21. Ye have heard that it was said to them of old time, Thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you, that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment, and whosoever shall say to thy brother Reka shall be in danger of the counsel, but whosoever shall say thy fool shall be in danger of hell fire. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother hath aught against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar, and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. Agree with thine adversary quickly, whilst thou art in the way with him. Lest at any time the adversary deliver thee to the judge, and the judge deliver thee to the officer, and thou be cast into prison. Verily I say unto thee, Thou shalt by no means come out thence, till thou hast paid the utmost farthing. Ye have heard that it was said by them of old, Thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you, That whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. And if thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out, and cast it from thee, for it, profit, for, it is, for it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. And if thy right eye offend thee, cut it, and if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off, and cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. It hath been said, Whosoever shall put away his wife, lest him give her a writing of divorcement. But I say unto you, that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causes her to commit adultery. And whosoever shall marry her, that is divorced, committeth adultery. Again, ye have heard that it hath been said by them of old time, Thou shalt not forswear thyself, but shalt perform unto the Lord thine oaths. But I say unto you, swear not, swear not at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, neither by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king, neither shalt thou swear by thy head, because thou canst not make one hair white or black. But let your communication be yea, yea, nay, and nay. For whatsoever is more than these cometh to evil. Ye have heard that it hath been said, An eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you, that ye resist not evil. But whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if any man will sue thee at the law, and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. Whosoever shall compel thee to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow of thee, 
Turn not thou away. You have heard that it's been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, and do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh the sun to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love them that love you, what reward have you? Do not even the publicans the same? For if ye salute your brethren also, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans so? Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Father, help us to do our best to follow your plan because your plan's best. Thank you for these who have come tonight. Lord, just speak to our hearts now in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. We know we shouldn't kill, but it happens. We know we should get along with each other. But we know sometimes it's just out of our hands. We do all we can do, and you can't change folk. You can apologize, but they may not accept your apology. But at least you've done your part. We know we should not commit adultery. We know that uh, the Bible says an eye for an eye and a tooth for the tooth, but the Bible also says that God will do the repaying. It's not up to me to go and try to get even with somebody, even though the devil would have us to do that. We know we're to love our neighbors, but he said to go a step further and love your enemies also. And it's, that's a hard thing to do, to love your enemies and and really, when he finished up, he said, nothing less than perfection. Well, I know, and you know, you can't live a perfect life. But we have to give it all we've got, because he couldn't have said anything less than perfection and have been God. So what is God's standard for today? If we know these things are true, and they are because it's words that Jesus spoke to those that were listening. Many of them couldn't understand what he was saying But what he was saying, and even to us, is I have a standard for today, and you need to go by that standard. Man says, I want to do what I want to do as long as I want to do it wherever I choose to do it, and I don't want anybody telling me what to do. A lot of people are like that. But I say that we ought to be what God wants us to be, be where he wants us to be, saying what he wants us to say. And, and do it in a loving attitude and, and do it to know that we'll give an account of every idle word. And I think sometimes, my goodness, how many idle words do we speak in a day? Idle words. Just words to start a conversation. Oh, by the way. Oh, by the way. What good is that? Oh, by the way. Colombo says, oh, just one more thing I want to. Why don't you just ask it? Idle words. Well, if we, if we want to uh, know what God's standard is, I want to give them to you the best I know. And this is not all of them, but this is some of them that will help us on our road toward heaven. If we are Christians, okay? So first of all, that all men everywhere, it ought to be our goal that all men everywhere be saved. Now, we can't save the world, okay? But in our giving, through our missions, 
There is no telling today. Um, oh, yeah, and I, and I got a letter from, um, I need to brought the letter and didn't, and I, I'll try to think to do that, from Connie Maxwell congratulating First Baptist Church at Westminster for being in the top 125 churches in South Carolina in our giving to Connie Maxwell. Okay? Uh, most of you probably know that... Uh, Mr. Cecil and his wife, Ms. Francis, were both raised in Connie Maxwell Children's Home. So when we give, not only to that, but think of the missionaries that the Southern Baptist Convention, which we are a part of, how many missionaries we support, and how many times the gospel is being shared every day. And they need our prayers. They need our support. But here again, our goal needs to be that every man, woman, boy, girl, should receive the message of Jesus Christ. And we teach uh, our little children uh, the ABCs, and it's very simple. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Confess your sins, and he is just, and we will forgive us of our sins. But um, in 1 Timothy... Chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Listen, we've been talking about now uh, sharing Christ with others. I exhort thee that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. So our standard for living is, is first of all, that everybody everywhere might hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Secondly, that we as his children might trust him. We understand, we know where Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him. And he says, I will direct your path. We're on a path, by the way. We're on a trail, by the way. And tomorrow, as we, if the we, Lord allows us to live, we'll continue that pathway. We'll continue that trail. And may it be one that we are trusting the Lord. Now, uh, every time I see the word trust, I also see, the word, also see the word rust. Because if we're not trusting the Lord, then we're on our own and we're just rusting away. And so what we need to do is to uh, put our faith and our trust in the Lord. So another standard uh, that God would have us to live by is that we as his children might answer his call. Now, that's not necessary. You know, used to, to answer that call, I thought, was to surrender to be a missionary and go to Africa. You know, that's just as a child. And, uh, you know, in RAs, I remember RAs, and our leaders talked about missions. That's what, that's what it was all about. And sharing mission stories. And, and as I said, most of them that I remember, uh, the words I always came up, Africa, Africa. And never my wildest dream would I have ever dreamed that I would have an opportunity uh, to go to Africa. But John's Gospel, chapter 10, verse 4 says, And when he puts forth his sheep, 
he goes before them, and his sheep follow him. And he, this gives us why. Because they hear his voice. Listen, there is no other voice like the Lord's voice. I can't describe it to you, but if you've heard the Lord speak to you, and you know that you're on the right path and you're obeying him, you know what I'm talking about. It's hard to describe what it sounds like and what it feels like, but like yesterday um, afternoon, evening, us uh, sitting in the family life center over there and me watching the children and hearing John and, and seeing the excitement in um, Travis and Heather, uh, the Lord just said, hey, here's what you need to preach tomorrow morning. Forget what you've prepared, but this is what I want done. I mean, hey, well, no, wasn't no audible, wasn't no loud audible voice. It's just something I felt in my heart. And in my soul that I needed to do. And I praise God for it. Well listen. Another standard of living is, is uh, nothing shall be impossible with God. You know we look at our goals. We look at, at things that interest us as a church. Okay. And we think sometimes. Hey we'll never reach that goal. And many of you were here before I came. When you look at this big massive building over here, that was a goal. And probably some people say, hey, we'll, we'll never get it paid for. We'll never get it paid for. Well, it is. And we, here we are, we, we expand it out there, we'll never get it paid for. Well, we're working on it. We need to keep working on it. Everybody is a part. And, and when we think about uh, the possibilities uh, that God puts before us, he don't want us to say, hey, we can't do that. Nothing is impossible if the Lord's in it. Now, if he's in it, you know, I don't need, I don't know how you feel. If God's in it, I don't need a second opinion. You know, I didn't go home last night and say, Lynn, um, you think I ought to change my message for tomorrow? I didn't call Mark and say, hey, you think I ought to change my message? I didn't call Dean. I, hey. I don't need a second opinion. When I, when I get a word from God, I'm expecting to move forward. And he expects me to move forward. Listen, if I don't, he will choose somebody else. Just it's that simple. I didn't have to surrender to preach. I didn't have to become Earl's Grove pastor. I didn't have to become your pastor. But I want to do what God wants me to do. And one thing led to another. It's footsteps, as we sang a song, footsteps of Jesus. I mean, hey, only he knew in this physical life that he lived, only he knew where he was supposed to be. And when they tried to talk him out of going in through Samaria, he said, Lord, you don't need to go through there. You know that Jews and Samaritans don't get along. He said, I have a need. And he went. And it was to win one person to Jesus. I think of Philip and the eunuch, same story. Go off down there in a desert place where there's nothing and find one old boy from Ethiopia that had read a portion of scripture and didn't know who it was talking about and was saved. One person. If only one, it'd be, it's worth it all. So we need to answer his call. Nothing shall be impossible with God. And then there's that daily walk, that daily walk with Jesus. Um, 
Isaiah 55, 6 and 7 says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. It says, Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will, the Bible says, abundantly pardon. Well, I've never been convicted of a crime. I've never served time in jail, prison. So I can't imagine what it must feel like after a long sentence has been fulfilled, and the person is set free. I can't imagine what that feels like. But I can imagine and know when we're bound up in sin and we, we've gone to God and asked for forgiveness and we've gone to somebody maybe we have wronged and, and we've apologized and they've accepted our apology and they've put the arm around us and they've loved us. Hey, God's the same way. He wants to forgive, but we must come and we've got to ask. A daily walk with the Lord. Another one of the standards that we could go by today is God's standard uh, for us as his children is to abide in him. And, and, that, and he gives us that in the scripture. He said, I'm the vine. You're the branches. If, if, there's an if there. If you abide in me. You know, I and you. I'm going to bring fruit forth through you. And then he says, because without me, you can't do anything. Now, I know and you know on the human side, hey, yeah, we can go and do some things. And we can sit back and say, hey, look what I have done. What good is that? If God doesn't get the credit and God hadn't led us to do it, there's no reason to blow our horn. If God's led us to do it and we do it, we can sit back and say, look, here's what God has allowed me to to do you know it's not me it's not you it's collectively together following the Lord Jesus Christ somebody uh, made mention one time said we've watched you and everywhere you go you build something well okay if it needs building I'm ready you know God's blessed me with that little bit of ability and if something needs building you know, I'm ready. I want to follow in his footsteps. And, uh, you know, I think about our church uh, being mission-minded, okay? To me, that is the heartbeat of any church is to be involved in missions. Not only next door, but the next town, the next county, the next state, uh, the next nation. You know, he said, go ye therefore, and he starts at home and spreads out. I think of, uh, I still love to do it. Take a rock and just make it scoot across the water. You know, see how many, boop, boop, boop. or to just to throw one in and, and watch the splash and then the, the ripples. You know, when we share Christ, we will never, ever know what that, where that message will go. Okay, we share it with one person. That person takes it and shares it with somebody else and that one with somebody else. And, uh, you know, on it goes. That God blesses uh, his word. So he says uh, another standard there is to abide in the Lord. 
Another standard is we as God's children should be ready to meet Jesus. Now, in order to get ready, naturally we need to be saved. But John 14, 3 says, If I go and prepare you a place, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. So really, like right now, as a saved person, okay, we have the Holy Spirit living in us. Jesus said, I'm not going to forsake you, and I'm not going to leave you. And if he's going to prepare us a place, and he has, and he's coming back, and he is, and he's going to take us to be with him, we'll never, ever, from the point we got saved all the way up to now and throughout eternity, we'll never, ever be without the Lord Jesus. I can't imagine uh, the, the place that he's gone uh, to prepare for us. But we need to go by his standards. You know, we're not working our way to heaven, okay? You can't do that. You can't even work to stay saved. It's by the grace of God and his love and his grace and his mercy that he keeps us where we're supposed to be. Uh, and that benefit is, uh, you know, having a place in heaven. That he's gone to prepare. And last of all, God's standard for us is to have a desire to help others. Uh, you know, you, you can't explain some things that you do. You know, you see a need and you feel compelled just to help the need. Uh, some of you may have heard this story. Lynn and I, we were eating in a restaurant and, and she... Uh, well, she was facing me and I was facing her, but the couple or the, the people she could see, I could not see without turning around. And she says, she said, there's a lady over there with two children. She said, uh, I don't know if maybe she might be a single mom or the husband's working or whatever. She said, I'm going over and asked her for her bill. I said, Okay. So she goes over, stays, stays, Rick, I look, well, hey, she's carrying on a conversation, and she pays the bill. I mean, it's just something she was, you know, compelled to do, to a desire to help others. Um, I love to uh, be in line, like, hey, say, McDonald's sometime, I'll be in line, and I saw this, this lady, I mean, I don't, you know, she may have been a single mom, I don't know what she, it doesn't make no difference. So when I paid for my food, I said, ma'am, I said, this car that's behind me, I said, go ahead and let me pay for whoever that is. I said, I don't know who that is. And, you know, you drive on. And many of you have done that. I know you have, and many of you have done it for Lynn and I, and sometimes we don't know who it was, but say thank you. Um, pass it on. You know, hey, if God blesses me, why should I not bless somebody else? And then allow them to bless somebody else. It's not to say, hey, I'm the one that paid your bill, you know, or I'm the one that bought you this. Just do it. Have a desire uh, uh, to help other people that God puts in our path. Uh, Isaiah 41.6 says, and everyone helped his neighbor. Everyone helped his neighbor. Now, some neighbors don't want help. Some neighbors don't want you on their property. That's just how some neighbors are. You know, they're still your neighbor. And the Bible says, love your neighbor, okay? I say, okay, I'm going to love my neighbor. I'm going to pray for them. They don't want me on their property, but I'm going to pray for them. 
Uh, carry them something. Carry them a pie. Carry them some kind of canned goods. Do something. And then they look at it and say, hey, I'm not going to eat that. No, they may be poison. Well, hey, you've done, you have done your part. You have, you have moved in there because you had a desire to help someone. And so uh, when we reflect on all these things, whose standard are we living by? Are we living by God's standards or by our own standards? Now, um, to reflect on this, just let me close by reading. I want to read you something. It says, uh, what is our greatest weakness as a follower of Jesus? Think about it for a moment. What is our greatest weakness as a follower of Christ? I want to tell you what I feel like my greatest witness is, okay? Is just walking up cold turkey and, and, and ask the person, hey, you know the Lord? Been saved? What is your greatest weakness as a follower of Jesus? As we consider this question, listen, we may want to look through a list of sins that Jesus mentioned in Matthew 5, as we've read that tonight, and ask God to show us how we've failed him. Listen, the human nature plays a big role on what standards we go by. Okay, God sets the standards. We don't always go by them because the devil says, hey, you need to do it this way. You'll feel much better if you'll do it like this. And the Bible says that sin is pleasurable for a season, and then it passes. And the wages of sin is death. Sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. We've always had death ever since Cain, you know, ever since Cain and Abel's controversy and we've had death ever since and there will be death until Jesus comes all right um, we should not limit ourselves to confessing our sins and asking for forgiveness but listen consider this the greatest strengths that you and I might have you think about not only the the weakest point but what is our strong points you know, we have weak points, we have strong points, and, and these points in, in between the, the weak and the strong. And so if we're strong in one area, we need to work on the weak, weak part. You know, what, what is my weak part? Um, we need to thank God for how he has gifted us. And when I, when, I, uh, when I scan you all, okay, and think of all the abilities that like right now, sitting in this room right now, all the abilities. What if, listen to that, what if every one of us in here were retired, we had all the income we needed to, to do what we want to do, and we put all of our abilities and our talents together every morning, we meet at the church and we head out to do something for somebody in the community. That say 25 or 30 years from now, people come into our town and say, man, this place is nice houses everywhere. Everybody looks like they're doing well. Well, what was God's design for the church anyway? I believe that God's design for the church is to take care of our own first. Okay? And then we reach out to, to others along the way to help them and to coach and encourage them. Hey, come alongside us. 
I know you, you men have heard this before. Come on, ride with me. I want you to go with me somewhere. Okay. Hey, I, I love the, uh, mystery trips. You know, hey, mystery trips. Just, let's just go do something today. Um, Caleb, our youngest, and Heath Manley. Heath and Caleb grew up together. And they were working on a house one day together. And uh, they got this wild idea that they wanted to go see Billy Graham. This was in the mid-morning. So they said, you think we can see him? Don't know. We're going to try it, though. They quit work, put up their tools, went home, cleaned up, and got in their vehicle and drove up there. Of course, you know the story. They couldn't get in. They were so disappointed. I mean, these are teenage boys, okay? Teenage boys that wanted to see Billy Graham. And I thought, man, wow. What, hey, even though they didn't get to see him, God knew what was in their heart. You know, we may not be able to accomplish all that God wants us to accomplish. We give it our best shot, but don't never be disappointed. Don't go away and say, well, I, I failed the Lord. If we've given it all we've got, and I think sometime about witnessing to a lost person, don't get discouraged if they say, look, I don't want to have anything to do with this church. I don't want to have anything to do with your Jesus. And I'd appreciate if you just leave me alone about it. Hey, you or I have given a witness. You have done your part. And the Bible say, hey, it makes mention if they don't receive you, shake the dirt off your feet, move on to the next one. Because somewhere out there in the lake of life, there is a fish to be caught. But you got to keep trying. You got to keep trying. I said, Lord, I have witnessed to this man until I don't know what else to say. And again, that voice, not audible, said, you haven't tried this. I went, and he was caught at 70-something years old. You never know, so you can't give up. God has his standards, and he won't put more on us now. Then we can stand. And somebody said, yeah, but I believe God's overrated me. <laughs> well, no, he hasn't overrated us. But the devil would have us believe, hey, you can't accomplish anything else. You've done this, that. Won't you just retire? Won't you just sit back and do nothing? Hey, nothing in the Bible says about sitting back and doing nothing. In fact, he says, go to the ant, you old sluggard, and consider her ways and be wise. You know, I used to have an ant farm, and uh, I enjoyed watching the ants, but not one ant did I ever see sitting, watching everybody else go by. You know, here come another. I did see one ant die. Really, I did. I saw him die, and two ants went and got a hold to him and drug him to a place and buried him. Now, hey, you can laugh. That's okay to laugh. But I was, I was a teenager, and, and I saw this thing on TV, Bio Ant Farm. Okay, well, I did. Come little capsule, had six or eight ants in it. Well, I got industrious. I said, hey, this is not big enough. I got me a big piece of glass, and I built my own ant farm. It was huge. Put regular sand in it, and I fed them sugar water, and it was fun to watch them to, to work. But he says, go to the ant. The ant. Hey, fire ants is bad news. 
Okay? I know that for a fact. But he says, I want you to go to the ant and consider her ways because she works hard. And everybody in that colony does their job. So, we as a church in this colony of folk, everybody ought to be doing something. And uh, I, I think uh, our committees just finished up their work. And uh, if all the blanks, as you took that thing home today, I want you to look at it this week. If there's a blank on there, don't ask yourself, why is nobody here? You might be the one that needs to fill that position. So don't let somebody have to come and draft you. Just come to them and say, I'll, I'll do my best. I, let me try that. It's okay if you, if you, if you, if you try it and, and you think you can't make it, but give it a shot. Give it a try. Our church, folk, this coming church year is not going to be any stronger than what our participation is and our prayer life is. It'll be no stronger. And I want us to have a great year. I mean, you know, hey, this morning, there was a massive crowd of folk here. They're seeking, they're searching. So may we fill in the blanks, you know, to do our part. Father, thank you for the evening. Thank you for this time you've given us to be together. Lord, I, I just want to, I want to live up to your standards, and I know I can't do it alone. I need your help because without you, I'm nothing, but with you, I can accomplish all things. And so I thank you for the people, Lord. I thank you for my church. I thank you for every person that's here tonight that cares about First Baptist and the, and the life of First Baptist. I pray that you bless the homes uh, that are represented here this evening. I pray that you give them safety this evening, give them a good night's rest. Those that are headed to the doctor for reports for uh, that are recovering, Lord, we just pray for all these situations, and and we'll thank you and praise you for we ask it in Jesus' name, Amen. And whatever. The